There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing week. You all are in for a treat today. I know they say that all the time, but this kid is really, really cool. We have founder and CEO of Meet the Edge, Grant Plotkin, and Meet the Edge is a cool design studio that honestly helps brands create events and things that meet the edge that go beyond like what you can imagine or think, which is completely really cool. So if you like a design, if you like events, if you like seeing what everybody else is up to or just nosy, this is the episode for you because Grant breaks it all down of what they do, the different clients they've worked with, and just how they help elevate brands and go beyond what their expectations are. So get ready for a great episode and grab a snack and let's get into it. <laughs> Graham, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, all right. So the first thing we always do, as you know, is we ask um, what the term young influential means to you. Mm. You know, I think young, influential, people know your name, they should know it for a reason. And I think inevitably you are a disruptor, you're a mover, shaker. Uh, I'm based here in New York City, and I think there's a lot of influential mentors that I have that have changed the trajectory of my life. And I know that I've always tried to pay it forward as well. I think it's investing in people, it's taking chances uh, and challenging the status quo. Come on. With all these great answers lately, all of you are just like, versus I would have been like, um, someone who's young does stuff. <laughs> Calls it a day. <laughs> but before we get into like everything that you're up to at Meet the Edge, let's rewind. Let's go back to childhood, Graham. Like, was design something we're always into? Like, how did we give us the give us the groundworks? Totally. Yeah. I wanted to be a journalist when I was younger. So I was really interested in storytelling and investigative reporting, really trying to understand how can you communicate a narrative, but do it in a way that's impactful, kind of this merge of like edutainment. And back in high school, I was part of our high school television news station. I got really into reporting and writing 
and then moved to New York City and kind of caught the business bug, you could say. Uh, I have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family, and I was always interested with the act of building something from scratch. And I think that was something that was always in my path. I don't think I would have jumped on it as soon as I did, but I always just kind of leaned into trusting the timing of my life. And, you know, we had a global pandemic and the timing felt right. But yeah, growing up, I wanted to be a journalist and 60 Minutes is my jam. I'm still a hardcore news junkie. And, you know, maybe in another life, that is something I tap into. But I really gravitated towards these stories, whether it be political or cultural, media, tech. Um, I like being at the center of that. Come on, 60 Minutes. Gosh, I can't even remember the last one I watched. I was always a fan of like that long form type stuff too. And like the NPRs and like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and like those, I don't know, like those have always been like interesting. And now it's like law and order for me. I love law and order. <laughs> like I could sit there and I'll like, I don't know how that relates to journalism, what I'm doing now, but like, I just, I love law and order. I can sit there and like watch it for days. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that train of thought. Uh, fast forwarding, like now we're into like the internship realm, like, did you have like a first job to kind of get like, what was like the first thing that gave you like the hands-on experience, like into the design realm? Yeah. So I really credit a place called Museum of Ice Cream really with kind of giving me the chops. I had a real front row seat to seeing how the business came to life from the ground up. I started out as an intern and got to work my way up the chain. Um, And it really taught me a lot about entrepreneurship in particular. You know, I feel like the mission at the museum at the time, and I say in the past because it's definitely a different business now than the one that I was part of back then. Uh, But I learned so much just around brand partnerships and experiential marketing and how do you take a moment and turn it into a movement, right? And I think that's something that I've tried to gravitate towards influencing influencing to your point uh, uh, influencing our clients and our team as well to really think about how can we be change makers even at a micro level and really kind of use these brand narrative stories so to speak uh you know in an impactful way but yeah the museum is really where i learned also it was peak social media you have to go back to 2016 that was you know social media was fun arguably (laughs) and you know less drama less complications and it was just a feel-good atmosphere. And I think the timing was right, culturally speaking, economically speaking, you know, started here in New York City. And I was still at Parsons. I studied creative entrepreneurship. So kind of a mix of business fundamentals, creative strategy, uh, really interested in brand narrative. Uh, and that kind of was the perfect outlet for me. And then, but before that, I interned at Rock Nation. So Jay-Z's music management company kind of studied music marketing a little bit in different classes because the beauty of my major, sorry to like tie it all back together, but I designed it myself. So I really got to choose from classes that I found were actually extremely interesting. So some were political, some were media focused, some were trend analysis. Uh, you know, what are we talking about now? What will we be talking about 10 years from now? Uh, yeah. Wait, that's so cool. Like, I'm still stuck on the music of ice cream. Like, I feel like if I had worked there, I would have eaten, like, all the ice cream, like, all day. I haven't been, but, like, that's what I'm picturing, like, that you guys do. is just, like, I know you. it's, like, it's really Instagrammable. You take pictures, but is there, like, ice cream? Like, am I am I yeah. on the right path where you, like, there's ice cream everywhere? Do you get to taste it all? <laughs> you are right, my friend. Yeah, no, we had ice cream in every different room, and I think the beauty of it was it's nostalgic, right? Everyone has memories attached to ice cream. It's euphoric. 
you can channel it in milkshakes and soft serve and froyo and ice cream sandwiches and it, it comes in so many formats and i think it's something that everyone has a memory attached to and that was kind of the insight i had really honestly thinking back people were paying at the time i believe it was 40 dollars to go through a series of rooms and take photos and have brand sponsored ice cream uh but it's the experience and i was always really fascinated by the economics of that business model and I think they had a clear audience that they were speaking to, but I felt like there was such a void. And I knew maybe down the road, um, depending how things would shape up, I'd want them at the edge to be in a position where we could create our own experiences as well. No, that's so true. Because like, I love I love a good photo op and I love ice cream, even though dairy hates me sometimes before 8 p.m. <laughs> Are you lactose intolerant? I'm not, but it's like this thing where like I have to have, if I have ice cream after 8 p.m., it's just like, downhill and i'm like nauseous and i'm like i'll never drink again like it's like a whole <laughs> thing so like i have to like have it like in the day i love i love ice cream um i what's that flavor i can't think of it um i like cookie dough i only like mint chocolate chip during the holidays i know that sounds weird it's my favorite green kind like, or white kind like so there's a difference colin there like there is but like <laughs> i feel like <laughs> I'm saying the green for the fest because it's fest, yeah. Because um, I don't know, like, there's something about the green, like, the mint. Also, now I'm going out to tell you, mint and chocolate do not belong together, except for in that ice cream. Like, when, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they give you, like, the mint, like, hand, the, like, chocolate mint thing? No, don't give me that. I need just, a, give me just, like, a regular mint or give me a Ghirardelli square. Like, oh, yeah. Like, don't, let's, let's, Let's not get crazy here. Like it's just too much. But yeah, I can only and I can only eat Reese's during the holidays too. While we're here, like I only eat that during like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, don't know where I was going with that tangent, but that is my like hot take of the day. That <laughs> you will. But fast forward. So like, how did you even like come up with like wanting to do the edge? Uh, like, where did that idea stem from? Yeah, great question. You know, I vividly remember actually I was walking through Washington Square Park. I used to live in the village when I was in school. And the name kind of came to me one day because I wanted something that could be ever-changing and kind of materialize into different formats depending on what shape the business actually took. Because I wasn't sure if it was meant to be a design studio at the beginning or if Meet the Edge should have been, you know, tailored to something that maybe was more irreverent and just could kind of work with the times. And so the name is Meet, first customer touch point, make it memorable and forgettable. And the edge is kind of this metaphor or paradox rather. So on one hand, the edge can be frightening, it holds you back. But to the same extent, you want to be pushing the boundaries of design. You want to be cutting edge, kind of be at the forefront of technology. And the name just kind of came together, MTE. I like the acronym of it. And then I also thought a lot about Richard Branson, what he did with Virgin Group. And kind of everything that he was embodying with, like, what does it mean to be a virgin? Trying something for the first time. This idea of, like, meet the edge of blank. Meet the edge of retail. Meet the edge of sports. Meet the edge of, um, you know, coffee, et cetera. All these different <laughs> touch points that you could tap into. But this framework of embracing vulnerability, that's what I think it means to meet the edge. Uh, challenge conventionality. You know, go against the grain and bet on yourself because that is contagious. Confidence is contagious. Um, 
And then also just this idea of being relentlessly curious. I feel like when you live life with this philosophy of what does it mean to meet the edge, you never know what's behind that door. And just the entrepreneurial journey, speaking from my experience, has been filled with so many twists and turns. It's not easy, uh, but it always feels worth it. No, that's so cool. I feel like you brought up a good point too. Like just saying, I feel like a lot of times like with businesses, like we forget that first customer touch point of the importance of that first impression and how people's, whether it's video or whatever, people's attention spans so short. So if your website's not working or if you're not really engaging with your uh, customers as they enter your store, whatever, like you kind of lose them. And then kind of like, I think it's really cool. Like that's where it's like, okay, how do you keep them quote unquote within the boundaries? Like, how are you engaging them? How are you like, Keep them because you got them to the door. Cool, great job. Like all claps across the like claps across the room. But like, how are you keeping them engaged? And like, what are you doing? And to your point, like, what is your edge? And we do a workshop with clients where we kind of do a find your edge workshop because that's the special sauce, right? Like that's what makes you unique and memorable and unforgettable. And I think people forget that somewhere along the way, and always trying to like lean into the humanity of like, oh, what sets this brand apart. What says this entrepreneur, you know, why are they the ones to be bringing this vision to life? And we view our role as a design studio to help elevate across the board. And when you say like clients, what are like some of the types of clients that you guys work with? Totally. Yeah. So one of our clients is the Paley Center for Media, a big nonprofit here in New York, uh, as well as Cipriani, which is a big hospitality group. Uh, We're working on a men's skincare brand at the moment, which is going to launch next year. Very excited about that. Yep. Uh, who else are we working with right now? Oh, a company called Eden Place. So they organize community-driven dinners. Um, we've also worked with YSL Beauty and kind of a whole host of different organizations that really range in size and scale. But kind of the crux of it is they've all looked to come to Meet the Edge to help unlock their creative edge through branding, creative direction, and digital design. Oh, that's so cool. And like you said something earlier. So like, how did you, I know a lot of times, like whenever you're trying to get these businesses, a lot of people do like join venture things or like they team up with friends to like help get the funding and get everything like off the ground. Like, did you guys do anything like that? Or how did you guys get like started with funding and whatnot? Yeah, it's kind of remarkable whenever I tell this story, because people, I think from the outside, look at Meet the Edge as you must have be venture backed or you must have access to capital. We have to this day, since we started at the beginning, no investors, no funding. How do you do that? That's me dipping into my savings from working at Banana Republic, working at SoulCycle, really like putting those hourly wages aside and investing in myself, investing in our team, investing in what I think our dreams can become collectively. And to date, you know, we still don't have any outside investors. And I'm really proud of that fact. And I always try to bring it back to this idea of the American dream still being alive and thriving. I think we value these companies that raise X amount of money. Um, you know, and those are the headlines that we read. But I think what gets a loss in translation is now you're beholden to said investors, <laughs> said groups. And I've always tried to take an approach with Meet the Edge of, you know, people buy into a story and I want our story to be one that is relatable, that doesn't feel foreign. Um, and just reigniting this idea that, you know, anything is possible when you surround yourself with the right people and have the right energy. And I think that's so cool that, <clears throat> that you said that you like, like, no, like I just dipped into my savings and I did all X, Y, and Z. Cause I feel like a lot of times that people think the only way to start a business like that is you have to have like 
a random investor like supporting you or whatever, but like it is possible to do it on it's just like, are you willing to put in that work? Like you said, like I'm dipping into my savings, I'm working X, Y, and Z on places here and putting all that money in. So I feel like a lot of times we see these people and we're like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. But it's like, are you willing to put in the work and have that discipline and that work ethic to do it? Because like that stuff doesn't come and that stuff's not going to just come in a day. Like you have to be like on the ground advocating and figuring it out, putting two and two together to get it to come to like to fruition. hundred percent, you know, and the trade-off is that means we get full autonomy over the work that we produce. We have full agency in terms of the projects we want to work on, whether it be internal, which I'm sure we'll get to in a few minutes, uh, and then also you know, external client facing as well. And it is a choice. It's all relationships who we work with internally, externally. Uh, and I really take that to heart. I kind of look at the job landscape now and this idea of like quiet quitting. Yeah, people are unhappy because they're not fulfilled with what they're doing. And I always try to view when people are like, oh, find your purpose. Like, what's your purpose? What's your passion? (laughs) And I kind of think about it as a triangle, which maybe is helpful to some listeners. I kind of view it as, look, it's what you are good at, what you enjoy doing, which are not necessarily the same thing. And the third point in the triangle is how you want to serve the world. And I think it's a trifecta of how you triangulate the three of those that indicates what your purpose or passion could be. And you brought up a good point too. Like, I can't remember if it was like somebody who I interviewed on here for the podcast I was listening to, but somebody was like, it's not about, it's not all about finding the perfect job, but figuring out what things you like to do and then applying that to whatever area they're interested in. So if you're someone who likes creating advertising and social media and all that, and you're a fan of movies, like figuring out like, okay, how can I use these skills here for that movie job? Maybe not being like, oh, I want to be the CMO or the SVP of, Cinemark or AMC, but seeing like, okay, these are my skills. That's what I like to do. How can I apply that to the film industry or to the sports industry or X, Y, and Z? So I feel like a lot of times we get caught up in like, oh, I don't really see the position that I want to do because a lot of times it's not there yet. Like we can talk about people who do metaverse things. Like it wasn't here. Like it is booming like a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. So they really didn't have something to pinpoint to, but they knew they liked technology or they liked uh, new innovations and stuff like that to help lead them down this like metaverse or whatever road. So I feel like that's also key that maybe your role is not here yet or it's not there, but like think of what you like to do and how you can apply that to different fields and areas of your interest. I agree. And I think to add on to that, like you are a reflection of who you surround yourself with. Right. And so I always advise people like choose wisely. Like who are your friends? Who are the people, the top five people around you that you spend time with? Cause that will rub off on you in good and bad ways. And I think it's an indicator. It can also kind of be a mirror almost of like what you want to be doing. And I was always very tactical when I moved to New York City. I had a lot of friends that were entrepreneurs. I would see the struggles and triumphs that they encountered along the way. And I applied those lessons when I was building Meet the Edge. And like to rewind a little bit, like where we talked about like your various clients, like is there something that you do like when they first come to you guys to like kind of help them like hone in on what makes Mm -hmm. them they're like niche or whatever. Like, is there like a process that you guys do? Yeah. Great question. So the find your edge workshop, we always start the same question across the board, no matter what size company it's what's holding you back. And that simple question helps unlock so much of a strategy that we can start to piece together. You know, it could be web design. It could be web development. It could be packaging design, product design, brand identity. No one knows their name. Who are they? Maybe they're a legacy institution, but they need to talk to the next generation of consumers vice versa, uh, or a marketing rollout, et cetera. 
And this idea of framing the question is what's holding you back allows us to kind of come in as Meet the Edge Design Studio and fill those gaps with creativity, with new ideas, with design being the vessel. And it could be copywriting, it could be digital design, it could be a different medium altogether. Uh, but really, it's all centered around that idea of like, okay, so and so, you know, our organization, our team, we have a new idea, but we need to meet the edge. We need to be channeling the spirit, uh, you know, of the next generation of consumers, and we think you guys are the ones to do it. Help us formulate what that roadmap might look like. And I feel like that's a good starting point because a lot of times that people are just like, oh, everybody's like doing this and doing that. Like we need to do that, but that might not be the best thing for you all at the moment it might be like you said like scaling figuring out first of all like how do we create brand awareness first so i feel like starting from there versus like focusing on like what might be the trending buzzword or what everybody's doing now will really help like kind of scale and make more sense of to really hone in on the audience and like really bring them in versus just like what's trending and what everybody else is doing yeah and also that's predictable that's boring that's fleeting if you know (laughs) what everyone else is doing i mean honestly right I think it's, you look at all the direct consumer brands right now, a lot of them look very, very similar. And why are we surprised? It's by the same three agencies, really. I'm not going to drop names, but you know, it's the same guys that are doing the same work and it's repetitive. I find it reductive. I think consumers today are not disillusioned by it anymore and you kind of see past it. They want something that they feel an emotional connection with. It's the same reason why you wear the shoes you wear, the clothes you wear, the you know, restaurants you dine at because you have this connection to the establishment. Uh, and I think if you don't have a really strong brand voice, like what is your story? Always bring it back to kind of your core DNA. That is your brand. Your brand is your story. Uh, then I think you're going to get lost in translation. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. And when you said that, it made me think of how passionate I am about Oatly. Like, I love Oatly so much. (laughs) When you said that, I was like, gosh, like, the passion I have for, like, Oatly. (laughs) 
it's so strong. Like an Erewhon, like I want to have an Erewhon shake like Courtney Kardashian Barker and um, a few other people. Like I'm so passionate about. That. <laughs> it's like I like I, I when he said that. Like I felt that in Vans. Like I love Vans. Like I felt mm, that yeah. so strongly. Yeah. Where I'm like, I am ride or die for oh <laughs> for my. <own. laughs> In my like protein shakes, in my shoes, like it's I good. It. It's so good. I get it. <laughs> but um, kind of moving towards like with like the outside engagement. Like, do you guys do any like community outreach or activations and stuff to like really bring people in to get to know a little bit like what you guys do? Totally. Yeah, I feel like so. I'll explain. Meet the Edge is really three pillars. We have client services, which is kind of. Pillar one, I would say that's web design, packaging design, brand identity, marketing campaign, et cetera. Then we have phase two, which is MTE Labs. So that's the experimental wing of the studio. And that's really where our team is coming to the table, bringing ideas. Nothing is too out there. And the first one we created was the actual a card game called I Am On Edge. Oh and what we did for this, I have to get you a deck. What we did was it's all the questions people have always wanted to ask someone, but maybe been too afraid. So we got the domain name, IamOnEdge.com. People submitted all sorts of questions. It's oh a range. Gosh. I call it a hybrid between we're not really strangers and Cards Against Humanity. Yes. And now we're in a bunch of stores around the country, online at IamOnEdge.com. And this was the first project. Again, spearheaded completely internally. We did packaging, product design, fulfillment, uh, the social rollout, etc. cetera. Uh, phase two out of MTE Labs was a case study we just completed for the MTA, which is the subway here in New York City, kind of reimagining what the subway riding experience could look like on the platforms. So if you know right now, back in January, it was horrific. People were getting pushed onto the tracks. Um, you know, there's track fires. There's, you know, 50 people a year that die falling onto the tracks, which is one a week. Not great. And no one has really concepted what a platform barrier design could look like. So we took it upon ourselves to try to design that. So that is MTE Labs. And then third pillar is experiential. And the guiding question there is, if we live in a world where everything goes digital, where will people choose to spend their time offline? And we want to be the answer to that. So our inaugural experience that we've designed is called .jpg. And it is a offline immersive experience in collaboration with Loom Studios and Tribeca. And it's using projection mapping technology and leaning into this notion of how often you get to know the story behind the image, right? Like we're living through screens, even you and I right now, <laughs> constantly scrolling, swiping, but how often do you get to really understand like what is behind those pixels? So the first one we had was kind of a parody on NFTs and cryptocurrency. We attached values to everyone's images that they uploaded. And the prompt was, you know, upload a photo that is meaningful to you. So it's an exercise of perceived value. And on the back end, we were using different criteria, vertical, horizontal, color, black and white, to start attributing values to those photos. So depending on the value, it would increase or decrease decrease if you were in the majority or minority. And then for the second experience, we just uh, debuted. This was on October 5th. No, September 15th. So a few weeks back. Uh, it was basically kind of focused around artificial intelligence. And so people would walk in to the space, invite only 200 people, and they would have to find the other person's face. So you would walk in, it's half of someone's face, I have the other half. We don't know each other, but we have to go around and serves as kind of an icebreaker of sorts. 
gave away prizes. We had Pictionary, Open Bar, DJ. And for that, the prompt we had people submit ahead of time at meetjpeg.com was a text memory. So basically in words, what is a memory that means a lot to you from your youth, in recent years, et cetera. And we using this technology, the AI, we're able to transpose that memory in a visual form. So we had a memory gallery downstairs and people were besides themselves because <laughs> it would be little things like, oh, the first time I we went camping and it would have their prompt. They weren't expecting this. It was all a surprise. They'd walk downstairs and next thing you know, they have their memory being displayed using the technology uh, for all to see. And it's something really special. And I think it's trying to build bridges because we get it. Technology is surrounding us. That's not going to change anytime soon. But what can we do as a design studio? Think of unique, new, innovative ways to bridge that gap, bridge that divide, and build meaningful relationships and connections. And that's what we're trying to do with JPEG. Uh, we have more experiences in the pipeline that we're building. But this idea of like blast the past, simpler times, you know, think about the 90s and, you know, Tamagotchi uh, and different dots. And, you know, it puts you uh, back in an era. And we wanted to create that. Wait, no, that's so cool. Because I love the icebreaker type stuff you do because I'm that person who like a friend will invite to a party or a thing. And I'll like go to people and I'll be like what's holding you back from becoming the person you want to be? Like, I'm just like the nosy one that's like asking like <laughs> the deep questions and like all that to like really like connect and really get to know people on that like deeper level outside of the typical like, hi, I like whatever, cute pic on Instagram, be real when I want to be yours. Like that type of like, <laughs> that type of like thing. So I feel like that's so cool. You guys are like digit, like bringing, like you said, that like personal approach. Cause I feel like it's true. Like, we just got through a pandemic and we didn't get to see people. So it's like trying to get people back to adjust it with being in person. And a lot of people are also shy. So like kind of creating those environments where people can be like, Hey, let's get off our phones and stop whatever. And actually get in person and have those base, not those basic, like what's your favorite color, but like get past that and get into the like, Oh, what did you study? Like, like you said, where did you go camping? Like what shaped you to becoming the person you are to that type of stuff. So I think that's so cool. Thank you for saying that. And I think another angle to that too is we all start out as strangers, right? Like you and I didn't know each other two months ago uh, in the same way, you know, a lot of people don't know their neighbors. They don't know people that are in their actual community. And we've really tried with all of our projects at Meet the Edge to try to bring back this sense of community, not the buzzword community, but like actual tangible community, like build bridges to people that you might not know, turn strangers and neighbors into friends and family. And the most beautiful thing has been all of these new formations of relationships basically being formed as a result of the experiences that we've designed. And, you know, a good example too, is when we launched the card game, I'm on edge, we took over 13th step in East village, invite a hundred strangers. No one knew each other. The first question they would get asked when they walked in, are you single or taken? (laughs) And depending on their answer, they get different color lanyard, blue or orange and basically it turns into this social experiment of sorts because you look around and everyone that's orange is available everyone blue is taken and we led to around six or seven relationships that i know of wait stop complete strangers no one knew each other and that's the most wonderful thing i think around the power of design right like that is creativity at its finest and we get to do that for clients and our community wait no that's so cool and I feel like I went to another experiment. Oh, it was. It was a, I went to one 
a few months ago that was like that too where it's like we're all at this event and we all have like these different bracelets on and we put them on it was like like that same thing like just hanging out looking like whatever whatever and it was just like it was like those types of things are it was just so it's always i don't know it's interesting it's cool that's so funny that's six people that's really interesting no but that's a good do you guys like have any other plans for like other type ones like i know like some people like i had one that a friend invited me to where they like took over uh, like a mall and so their event was like in the middle of it so it was really awkward at first because it's yeah. like their event was in the middle like open in the mall so like people could see they're doing whatever but it was I think it was like the whole point of like kind of like existing and I don't know like I can't think of like how to word it but their event was yeah. taking place like in a mall in a public place where other people could like cool. see it versus like it being private but like how other people could walk by and be like oh what's this and kind of create that like traction that way so do you guys have plans of doing something like i don't know like taking over like chelsea market or something where that's like public where like other people like who aren't invited to it can like come in and partake totally yeah and that is the next you know evolution step i would say in terms of our offline experiences something we are involved with as well is called produce party i don't know if you've heard of this, I haven't heard of this oh and so i'm a collaborator on this project called produce party and essentially what we do is we raise money for city harvest and we have everyone bring a dish that incorporates the root vegetable in season. So the last one we did was corn. We had a hundred plus people here at our office in Williamsburg and it was all centered around corn. So think of all the different dishes that you can incorporate corn into. And it does this thing where people participate, right? And they have to bring something and you feel this connection to the people in the room you know, it's people that are foodies inevitably, but you also get people like me that are not stellar cooks, but you look so forward to it. And I think part of it is this idea of like democratizing the experience. So, you know, if you go to at produce parties, people vote on what the next vegetable they want to be in the season, party theme, et cetera. And it's been a phenomenal success. And so we've been hosting little dinners here and there. And then again, to your point, you know, we do have plans, expansion plans for how to like take meet the edge in a broader sense. And that's stuff that we're working on definitely in the Q1 of next year. Uh, but I also think it's really important. And this is what I think a lot of marketers get wrong is making everyone feel special, making everyone feel like a VIP. You know, we idolize these influencers or I call them tastemakers. And <laughs> my philosophy with meet the edge has always been, how do you make everyone feel special? And there's a famous Maya Angelou quote, People will forget what you said, forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And that has really been such a motivator for me and my team in terms of how we communicate our messaging. So making everyone feel special uh, because everyone knows what it feels like to not know anyone in a room. And that can be uncomfortable and daunting. But when you meet the edge, we want to be on that journey with you and make it creative, make it joyful. Uh, you know, someone had asked me the other day, like, what, how do you define happiness? And I really think it's bursts of joy. You know, it's little things here and there. It's being spontaneous. It's, you know, buying tickets to a concert that maybe you were questioning or getting something new that, you know, makes you smile or a great conversation one night that, you know, with an old friend you haven't seen in a while. And if this is the world that we're living in, where we're working remotely for the most part, uh, you know, it's harder to find time with people. And I think you really have to cherish that and make it situational based where those environments that you do reconnect are memorable, are momentous on their own. And maybe you learn something about yourself or others in the process. 
I'm still laughing at. Uh, no, everything he said was really good, but I'm still laughing at. I'm still stuck on the protest party because when he said that, I immediately pictured like two bananas like dancing with top hats. <laughs> Not quite. It really took me. It really took me out. Like it took everything of me to like not die laughing right now. Uh, really took me they were really nice top hats. Like these bananas. Were, I'm like. I'm like move that potassium. Like, <laughs> like uh, I, I had other training of thoughts and I. <laughs> lost all of them. I don't remember what I was going to say. I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, no, but I think that's so, I think that's so true. Like, especially like, since we are like in a more remote, like you said, environment and stuff, it's really hard for people feeling connected to their companies now to like, yes, some people have the option of going in person, but because remote work is so vast and now, and so you might have, half the team in like Korea and like half the team in LA. And I remember like I was at a LinkedIn event and I, there was like one guy who I can't remember what he did. Uh, I feel like maybe it was any, maybe it was a finance bro. I don't remember. Um, but he was saying how a lot of his team is um, in different continents and how he'll, uh, whenever they add them on, he uh, he'll schedule like a zoom call no matter what time it might be like two o'clock in the morning, like our time. But he said he really cherishes and values the connection of, everybody on the team. So he'll take the time out to like call and talk to them, really connect to connect to them wherever they are. And no matter what, to make sure they really feel part of the team. And I think key stuff like that virtually, but also doing stuff in person is so, so, so like um, vital. I couldn't agree more. And I also think little things that you can do even in meetings and my team is going to laugh when I say this, but you know, we'll do like rapid fire questions with clients, you know, on client review calls, just to make the meetings a little bit more entertaining, you know, because I get it. If it's the end of the day and you're stuck on another Zoom, Google Hangout call, it's not exactly the most exciting, you know, part of the day, I would say. And so how do you spice up those meetings and make them entertaining? And I want all of the moments around our Meet the Edges of Brand and Design Studio to be something people look forward to. And that's been a guiding question that we've always posed to ourselves in our design thinking process. You know, like, how do you get people to look forward to X or Y? When was the last time they looked forward to taking the subway? Let's revamp that. When was the last time they looked forward to going to a party and not knowing anyone? Let's create a solution that you can play a game with or, you know, an offline experience uh, in New York. And like speaking of like engaging community, like are there things that you got do you, like social media wise that you guys do to really connect with like uh, connect with the people and like really because I feel like that's a key thing that a lot of brands do and ones yeah. that I like and value are the ones that comment back whenever you comment or whatever and just do like the pulse where it's like hey what is it that you guys want to see and really makes it takes it from like being like a one way but making the consumer or viewer feel part of the brand and part of the story so like do you guys do that with like social as well. A hundred percent. Yeah, we're at Meet the Edge, M-E-E-T-T-H-E-E-D-G-E. And we have a lot of people that will kind of engage with us online that might not be based in New York City, that might know us from having a tangible product, which allows them to interact with the brand. Because we get it, not everyone is going to need us for design services, but it's so important to me that people feel a sense of, um, you know, commitment to our journey as a company, especially being a young startup, uh, how can you be part of the process? So even the AI images that we created at the event, you know, we reshared that on social and it's a very organic amplified effect around that and always opening up opportunities to have user feedback on some of the initiatives that we're working on. 
Uh, we do focus group surveys, et cetera, just all sorts of different avenues to kind of co-create with our community and bring them along on the journey with us. Oh, that's, that's, that's so cool. Like I, I'm still mindful of all the different like channels and avenues and stuff that you guys are doing. Like, that's really cool. But for those who are listening, like kind of to like somewhat wrap up as they, as they always say, like, as I close, um, <laughs> like what is advice that you have for like a brand or someone who's listening? It's like, okay, how do we kind of help our clients or how do we really like help our like kind of hone in and kind of figure out our edge or figure out like what makes us different? Totally. No, it's such a good question. Look, I always bring it back to an emotion or a feeling. Like, what is the one word that you want someone to associate with your product or your service? And I think if you extrapolate that feeling, that opens up Pandora's box to then start visualizing that through design, through an engaging online experience. You know, little things that you could do. Like, I'm really into this idea of transmedia, which is the through line between online to offline. So maybe it's, you know, calling a number a phone number and the phone number gives you a password and the password unlocks a certain aspect on the website and et cetera. All these different touch points, you know, ways to almost gamify it because as consumers, we're being inundated. There's a ton of media coming our way, a ton of paid ads hitting our socials. How do you stand out? How do you break through the noise? Yes, it's co-creating, but I also think it's coming up with different ideas that don't feel salesy. No one wants to be sold anything. <laughs> you know, but if you're doing an impact that you can't live without X, Y, Z, Boom, that's where I want to sit. Uh, and I think, you know, advice I would give to younger brands is make the investment in branding earlier. I see a lot of companies that we work with on the client side that wait too long to make that investment. And it's too late at times. You know, their name is out there. It's a lot harder to then shape shift and you can rebrand, of course, but that is a added expense because now you're also banking on your base following you to your new identity. And that doesn't always translate. So I think it's really important at the beginning, like find the right studio, find the right agency, find the right creative partner. You know, and that's what we try to be for our clients. Uh, and it's a relationship. It's all relationships. You know, it's a matter of trust. It's, I view our role. I take it really seriously. Like we are bringing people's ideas to life in many different formats. And it's a privilege, but it's also a deep responsibility and it has to be cared for in the same way that you care about your family or your friends. And these are our partners. And that's the reason why we get to do what we do. And I always say, meet the edge as a design studio with big dreams. And you need people around you that also believe in you and what you're capable of as well. No, and that's so, I think that's so cool. And like when you said, <clears throat> the thing about like the uh, media and like doing all forms, it made me immediately think of like <laughs> Taylor Swift when she did the vault tracks. And yo, she had us like, I think we had to like, you had to unlock it on her website, go back on a piece of paper, try to like re whatever, then go yep. back. And then if we're on TikTok trying to be like, okay, what did you guys get for track? It was just so much work. So if you're going to do it, like don't make us work that hard as Taylor Swift. Cause that was, that was a struggle. Like trying to unlock the fearless vault tracks, like the stress that that brought me in 2020, 2021. I can't remember, but I went down so many TikTok rabbit holes trying to figure that out and to go back to the website and put it in there. Like that was stressful. <laughs> so none of that. <laughs> but think about the cultural currency. We're still talking about that now, X amount of years later. That's pretty powerful. I mean, I mean she's onto something, you know? I always think about that. If you're bringing something up in a conversation that happened years ago, it was successful, you know, if we're still, if it's top of mind. A cultural reset indeed. <laughs> <laughs> But Grant, thank you so much for being here, blessing us with all this 
edge knowledge and everything that you guys are up to and um where can we follow and learn more to stay on totally. edge <laughs> good question good question uh so <laughs> we are meettheedge.com uh at meet the edge on socials i'm grant plotkin at grant plotkin and for all of our jpeg offline experiences if you go to meet m-e-e-t j-p-e-g.com so meet like meet the edge meet jpeg.com uh we have open submissions for first word on our next experience come on well you heard it here first people uh, <laughs> thank you so much grant and we cannot wait till the next jpeg event all the above thank you colin you're the man it means the world thank you Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 